Good evening, Patriots. And it's Tuesday, January 17th in the year 2023. East Coast, you just hit 20. Well, you're still in 2023. That's good. But you just hit the 18th. So we'll catch up. It's always strange to me when I say all those things because it's like we're different times in space. Yeah, we're all listening at the same time. It's kind of cool. It's kind of like quantum light or something, you know. One thing we need to be really clear of is the craziness that's going on in our world. And there's no question that we're dealing with some crazy stuff. They're trying to collapse economies. They're trying to crush things from left and right. So it puts a lot of burden on each and every one of us to make sure that we take care of our wealth, take care of our food, take care of our house preps, in particular, your wealth, because they've already said we're going to hit the debt ceiling on Thursday. That's day after tomorrow. And that's the beginning of probably the, the death of the dollar officially. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turned a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings in retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There is zero obligation to make this request. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Birch Gold. Again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. This is the best way to start the new year. And we are well into the new year, and it's definitely something to keep in mind. This week, it's important to keep in mind on the 19th. Again, I don't like calling out dates as far as things that will dramatically change or some dramatic event, but this one's pretty real. And it's definitely one to keep your eyes on, which is the 19th. And that's when we hit our debt ceiling. And they've already made provisions to start limiting access to retirement accounts by the Postal Service. And I'm sure there's many more things that they're talking about doing. Word has it that uh, Speaker McCarthy has agreed not to raise the debt ceiling, which would ultimately force shutdowns of many aspects of government. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And we've been through this this monkey circus a lot getting to the debt ceiling, they pull out a last minute bill or something in final hours. And maybe that'll happen here. The fact of the matter is that we are careening right now towards a break point and there's just no other way to put it. The amount of money that they're spending on the interest, the debt that's been incurred, it's not repayable. And on a global scale, 
right now, what I read today, there's something like $3 trillion in actual money in the banks and there's $64 trillion in debt. And that's, that's just, that's not even getting into derivative debts. That's just banking. So you can start to see the problem that we're in and it's very real. And it always comes back to so many of the same things, which is, you know, serving two masters, right? Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And money is ultimately the root of all evil. So this is a time when we're seeing so much of this Babylonian system being stressed and it's starting to crumble and starting to fall. And we'll just see where it goes. Hey, on a side note, because I was asked... We've got a couple of things. I'm going to announce this tonight, and I'll continue it through. We're rapidly coming up on the 2000th episode for Bards FM, which is pretty amazing, and it's a pretty amazing accomplishment. And that's the ones that are on Podbean. And we actually probably have, have had more than 2,000 at this point because there were a bunch of them that didn't get posted after the election. That's just what happened. That's twenty back to 2020. But... We are rapidly approaching the officially the 2000th episode. And so what I would like people to do, and uh, I'll post this in Telegram. I'll put it out here. You can email Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at bardsfm.com. And in the subject line, put top 20 if you're interested in doing this. I would like to hear from everybody to know what your top 20 episodes are. And what I would really like is to have the episodes divided that you give 10 and 10. So 10 of your favorite and 10 of what you believe are the best red-pilling episodes. And not everybody's listened to every episode, but I all know that there's a lot of people that have listened to a lot of them and some have listened to all. And I know more you all have, have your favorites, and I just know by the exchanges and emails I've had and texts and so forth or on, on our chat. So... I'm asking if you would now send those in because I, I want to assemble a top 10 of the favorites to all-time favorites and a top 10 of the best red-pilling episodes and start making those available, start making little libraries. And that would be a great thing to do for the 2000th episode, which is coming up pretty fast. We're at uh, 1,975 with tonight's Bards FM, which, by the way, we'll post here very shortly. It's been a little delayed tonight. Somebody already asked in chat. So we have that. So that's kind of a cool thing. All right. So I want to play something here. Um, this is McAfee. We're, we know that the debt ceiling, what they've said is they're not going to negotiate the debt ceiling until they hear what the slaves, us, the, the chattel, will pay and pay in their taxes because they're going to look at their tax input and then they're going to sit down and negotiate their debt ceiling. Why that's important to note is that's odd. That means that they have to, they're talking to an arbiter of some fashion, which would reinforce or at least suggest strongly what the rumor has been is the United States has gone through bankruptcy. And I'm probably, that's why Washington DC is boarded up, but that's, and it's also another reason why they probably had Trump in as president. Like it or not, he was selected um, for 2016. And so I, I have a good sense that there was a lot, there's a lot to that. But 
Anyway, take a listen to this from McAfee. Income taxes. You realize that until 1913 in America, we had no income taxes. The government thrived. I was doing just fine. Income taxes are the greatest fraud ever perpetrated on the American public. The Constitution forbids it, and yet we have it as an amendment. So what do income taxes do for the government? (laughs) It relieves the burden from the government of actually doing any work in terms of collecting revenues. Don't have to be created, don't have to do anything. And it has 50 million people that do their paperwork every year. Every year. So we do the work, fill out the forms, and give them all of the documentation of our life. And they just collect the money. I'm sorry, but I just think that's the, <laughs> the the coolest joke ever perpetrated on on a, an unsuspecting uh, people. Don't be so unsuspecting. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> he's got such a dark sense of humor. That's why I love him because he's laughing. It's like, oh, you all got played. Yeah, no kidding. The whole country got played and played badly, by the way, I might add, you know, so, and you know, the whole thing around this is about truth. We've lived in a world where we have assumed incorrectly, by the way, but assumed that our leaders are truthful and honest, right? And that they're going to, they're not going to tell us lies. They would never do such a thing as that. I want you to listen to this. This is a really interesting, I enjoy this guy. And he's a little bit snarky, but it's appropriate. Take a listen to this about some buildings down in Peru. Now, if you believe this, you're truly living in denial. And I'm not talking about Egypt. This is the giant steps in Peru. And they say it was built over 900 years ago. And they also say it wasn't built by giants titans or the nephilim even the anunnaki it was built by a regular architect of normal size and he didn't know he got the measurements wrong until we finished building it i mean come on brother what what are we doing the lies the lies have got to stop you see the problem about lying once you tell one lie you have to keep telling more lies to defend the previous lie I mean can you actually imagine somebody building something this big this precise and he couldn't count huh he he got the measurements wrong like whoops well we might as well keep going now we've started is this what you guys believe and we're meant to be the conspiracy theorists Plain as day, bruv. Come on. The eyes are useless when the mind is blind. So he's talking about these steps in Peru that are so big. Literally, you can put like 10 people side by side on each step. 
and it takes, and they're about, they're probably about 12 feet high. And the story as he tells is accurate. Their story they try to tell everybody is, um, yeah, um, by the way, uh, the architect got it wrong. He didn't know the measurements until he got done. <laughs> he only missed it. We're talking steps, right? So apparently the story is that he, he got his measurements wrong and he built this whole thing. And the steps that he built, instead of being a foot wide, roughly, with a riser of, say, eight inches, he just happened to accidentally build steps that were 12 feet wide and a riser of about eh, 18 feet. <laughs> See, this is the this is the thing is it takes courage to literally ask the hard questions. And if we aren't going to ask the hard questions constantly, and I mean constantly, these liars will just continue. There's a propensity to lie and and to cover things. And so it's time to get serious and hold these people accountable. Now, on another topic I didn't hit, and I'm going to get into more of this in a second, uh, people have been asking about the baby calf that was born on my birthday, and we confirmed it today. It is a baby bull, which I'm really happy about. Talk about a gift from father. Um, I had, was planning on buying a bull this year, a young bull, so we could set him into breeding, and so I now have one that was born on my birthday from the from another stock of cattle. So this is awesome. And so that's going to be part of growing the herd, so to speak, because there's no way I'm ever putting into this genetically grown crap they call meat or fake meat or whatever the Bill Gates wants to do. There's no way that's happening. And here's another thing, too. We need to be really very serious and diligent about all our efforts in looking at this breakaway economy. This is a very serious issue. In 2023, we're going to continue to map this out as we're building out and and we will continue aggressively here as we go through January, starting to get this podcasting network built out. That's an information network. And then hopefully get sister intelligence groups going with that as well. But that also means t- tying in efforts for people to start having local economies and starting to be able to connect with one another. Some things will be local, local. Other things will be local in terms of local pro- production, but being able to sell nationally. We need to be encouraging that because we need to break away from these people. These people are liars all the way through. I'm going to play a piece here. It's pretty long. It's about six minutes. It's from Neil Oliver, who just does really good commentaries. And I want you to hear this. This is, again, about the vax we've heard so much about this this is not new if you've been on this channel the topic wise but again he's asking good questions which is the point of this and we're confronting once again the depth of depravity of the leadership in our world that is constantly lying and even when they say they're telling the truth they're always finding some edge to try to lie again i mean you've heard today if you didn't hear this the FAA has now released the idea that the, they've now released quietly, by the way. They didn't, didn't want anybody to know this. That during the release of the injection, they changed the rating, the requirements for the, the EKG for pilots to take to certify them for appropriate flying. So we were hearing all along the pilots were healthy, safe. They were getting their EKGs, their medical. 
What they weren't telling everybody is that they changed the range of acceptable EKGs. Essentially, what they did is they went from taking a healthy heart and they changed the upper limit on the EKG EKG, so that a pilot that was actually having a cardiac arrest could could qualify as a pilot. They knew the entire time that this injection was causing heart damage, even before the mainstream diagnosis was coming to the conclusion from at least the alternative docs that this thing was causing myocarditis and, and heart problems. They knew because they changed the standard, and that's a government organization. This, again, leads to the criminal conspiracy that the government knew exactly what it was releasing on the public and that it was never about an injection of health, but it was literally a designed bioweapon to cause specific injuries and painful, slow death of a population and to target key aspects like transportation, which is what they've done, which would feed into what? The Green New Deal, which would force the country to start accepting like bullet trains on the ground, massive infrastructure development that would help the, the global one world government. They would only, old stuff that only be available to the rich. And here's the big one, because they're pushing it now. What we talked about in the last hour, these, these new 15-minute cities. You're not going to be able to go anywhere if everybody has a cardiac arrest. And you always have heart problems. They're going to keep you localized. They've literally tried to physically impair a society, an entire nation, so that it can't be mobile anymore. And in so doing, willfully be entrenched into the new slave camps rather than FEMA. They're going to have nice little features like a 300-square-foot box with some plants growing on the outside of the building. This is how devious we are. So I want you to listen to this six-minute piece by Neil Oliver. Faster and faster our leaders are running now, running from the truth. Excess deaths are rising all around us like flood water. In recent weeks, more people have died than during the height of the pandemic. They have not died of COVID-19, we know that much. So what is happening? Why are thousands more people dying than usual? And why no daily televised announcements of those deaths as we had with those attributed to COVID? I can guess. Ask the question, however, talk about these deaths, demand answers, and watch the chickens run faster still while lashing out with all the censorship, cancellation, downright demonising of dissent, and more recently, the most egregious insults they can muster. All their palpable panic and self-preserving outrage makes plain how much blood is already in the water. Health Secretary Steve Barclay, the latest handed the poisoned chalice, was on another news channel this week. He was asked about 50,000 excess deaths in the last year, invited to explain them, Delays in seeing GPs, he said. Delays in treatment caused by lockdown. He was quick to point out that other countries were seeing similar levels of deaths that were nothing to do with the virus, as though that somehow made 50,000 people dying here less of a problem. If you think it's bad here, look over there. That's not an answer worth having. That's not an answer at all. The fact these deaths are happening worldwide means the attempt to blame them here on a failing NHS or striking ambulance drivers is for the birds, It's just another bid to distract people's attention from the elephant in the room. Asked how alarming he found the figures of death, Barclay said only that they were concerning. He evidently didn't like the journalist's choice of word alarming because he wouldn't use it. That journalist pointedly didn't ask him about the role of the medical products in all this and Barclay certainly didn't mention it. Why is this? Why, when physicians and scientists here and all around the world are able to quote peer-reviewed research pointing to injuries and deaths associated with those products. 
Why does our health secretary, together with almost the entirety of MPs and the government's preferred medics, scientists and hacks, fail even to contemplate that glassy-eyed elephant? Is it to do with the billions of pounds already invested in the still experimental technology of mRNA vaccines? Who knows? In the US, insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and inexplicable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. And yet all the usual suspects are still out there banging the drum for the jabs. They are safe and effective, we are still told, even for six-month-old babies. Why are they still saying safe when people are dying in the aftermath of receiving them? And we don't know why, far less whether or not it's those medical products to blame. Why are they still saying effective when we know the latest strain of COVID freely circulating now is expected to bypass the jabs anyway? On social media, MP Andrew Bridgen quoted an Israeli Jewish doctor of criminology saying the vaccine rollout was the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. In the aftermath, Bridgen was accused of making an anti-Semitic remark by Matt Hancock and others. Many Jewish people here and around the world have since responded saying his social media post was not anti-Semitic and offering him their support. Today, the Times said Bridgen had been, and I quote, groomed by gangs of anti-vaxxers, appearing to repurpose headline language in an attempt to have readers see those with questions to ask about the safety of medical products in the same light as those who gang-rape children. While joining the chorus of condemnation and withdrawing the Tory whip from Bridgen, Tory Chief Whip Simon Hart said, quote, misinformation about the vaccines causes harms and costs lives, end quote. But I ask, Exactly which information freely circulating now is actually the misinformation? Is it asking questions about those medical products, as Bridgen has done? Or is it continuing to describe as safe and effective injections that may cause harm? Is it insisting that people, babies included, should receive these injections, while questions remain unanswered regarding the as yet unexplained deaths of tens of thousands of people in this country during the years when those products were rolled out to billions of people? There are all sorts of glaring, unexplained holes in the official narrative now. If the narrative was cheese, it would be Swiss. For example, no one in authority ever mentions the fact that AstraZeneca offering was quietly dropped from use months ago, here and around the world. If those medical products are only safe and effective, and saving millions of lives, why is the AstraZeneca jab gone? Last month, in the state of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis called for a grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing with respect to the products marketed as COVID vaccines. Why are our leaders here still only describing those same products as safe and effective, still claiming they're saving millions of lives, when one of the same products is off the shelves and while those behind the production and delivery of the rest are set to be investigated by some of the highest authorities? Why is that? Every day, people of all ages and from all walks of life are dropping dead or being found dead in their homes by loved ones who had no reason to expect anything was amiss with that person's health. Defibrillators are installed in schools now. There was no such thing required in my school days. And all the while, press releases go out saying children die of heart attacks too. And yet anyone having the temerity to ask if any heart attack deaths followed injections with those medical products is furiously shouted down. Just months ago, it was absolutely the thing to ask whether someone was jabbed before allowing them into a fast food outlet or a cinema or a theatre or a workplace. But hear about a fit teenager face-planting on a football pitch in the middle of a game and suddenly such an inquiry is a gross intrusion. 
When did asking pertinent questions in the aftermath of an otherwise healthy young person dropping dead become a social taboo? Any criticism of those products' safety, even just asking questions, attracts harder and harder condemnation, even as the evidence mounts that harms are most certainly being inflicted by them. After all these months, as the elephant in the room has grown ever larger, ever more unavoidably obvious, so the efforts to silence, cancel, censor and plain frighten off the unconvinced have grown more and more strident. And that's the truth. This is a sort of challenge that we face with constantly churning the situation to their benefit and always finding half steps to avoid the hard truths. That means it falls always on us to hold them accountable and literally in a big, big way. We have to remember that God will not be mocked. And it is a moment right now when so many of these people are mocking God. We come back then to a simple thing of Proverbs 3, 5, 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I don't think that phrase has meant as much to us as it does now as we face these unbelievable levels of constant and perpetual deceit, knowing that we cannot trust in these leaders in any way. It's hard, and, and it's unfortunate. And when I say this, when I say it's hard, it's equally unfortunate. When we situ- sit ourselves in a place where we want to believe in a hope of a nation being restored, and I'm not saying it won't be, but it isn't going to be given to us. We're going to have to stand boldly and work hard for to get that back. And that's because it has gone so far away and so far down into the pits. When we look at what's going on in Congress right now, it's a lot of noise that we would sound enjoyable if we truly believed in the efficacy of government. But we don't have that. We have instead a government that has played so many games, constantly churning truth. We have leaders that have, have not yet to speak out against this vax. Even Governor DeSantis, while I acknowledge the fact that he's calling for a grand jury, he was a number one promoter of the vax. Is he going to place himself in that grand jury and hold himself to the same standard as everyone else is going to be held to for speaking out in pro in promoting the vaccine? A vaccine that he's now backing away from? These are the hard questions that have to be asked, and each and every one of us is responsible to ask them because that's part of walking in the truth in the world. And we cannot give leniency simply because you like somebody. That falls pretty much into the same place as idol worship. I mean, here's another perspective. This is a really good, he's kind of another snarky one for the night on shortages. Hey, what's up, America? Well, apparently for the year 2023, there's a shitload of shortages we need to talk about that'll be upcoming. That's right, our government, along with a couple of news agencies, are reporting possible shortages upcoming in the year 2023. So let's talk about that list. So the first thing that they're going to have a shortage of this year is eggs. Number two on the list is milk. Number three, bread. Number four on this list is sunflower oil and palm oil. Number five is champagne. Number six is beer, canned foods, and pet food. Number seven is lettuce. Number eight is corn. Number nine is oranges and orange juice. And number 10, beef, because it's apparently not what's for dinner coming up. 
So the federal government is saying that shortages of bread, beer, corn, and sunflower oil are all because of the war in Ukraine because they produce so much of it. All the rest that we've talked about is now being blamed on increasing climate change problems. So the government says that obviously stuff that is made in the Ukraine is going to be harder to get, so you're going to have shortages of that. I guess bread somehow falls into that category, seeing we have a gigantic agrarian area here in the United States. And the rest, like lettuce, oranges, beef, champagne, and palm oil, are all being blamed on climate change. Now, we also know the government had a hand in a lot of regulations regarding climate change. So is this manufactured, or is this just happening all of a sudden? Oh, no, we better worry. And we know it's all based on fear porn. But he brings up so many great points, and it's, it's the question, like, how in the heck? I don't know if you've asked this question, but it's one to answer. When we hear that we've been told again and again that we're the breadbasket for the world, and we are, the question that we have to ask again and again is, how did we not become the breadbasket in the world and Ukraine became the breadbasket of the world? How did our production in this country fall so much that a small country about the size of, I think it's about the size of Oregon or Nevada, how did that country become an outproducer, a greater producer in wheat and essential products like that, including oil and gas, greater than ourselves? The answer is they didn't. The answer is that's a complete and total lie. What was happening, and we saw this during the, the COVID crisis, is that the agriculture department was forcing farmers in this country not to produce and telling them to turn their fields under because if they didn't, they would lose their subsidies and worse, they would be required to pay back every dime of subsidy they've ever received. In other words, the government was forcing them into bankruptcy. And then what they say is this was climate change. Now, this is called deceit. It's actually called treason. We have to get past the illusion that there's anything good in this government. I don't say it can't be salvaged, but it's going to have to be brought down to its very foundation. And so when all eyes are being focused on like the Biden issues right now with these classified documents, that's a whole nother goat rope. Whatever they're doing They're intentionally wanting you to see a show because they're hiding something greater. Here's a simple issue. I mean, it's pretty evident what they've been doing. These classified documents probably do, do exist. And I don't think there's a question about that. They're not planted. They've been placed there so that they can pay, be paid, I should say, for access. So instead of having to hand documents off to somebody, Biden would take documents and others. He's just one of many. They'd take documents and they'd put them in their garage. So a Chinese operative would come in or a Ukrainian operative or a Russian operative or a Saudi operative or whoever, Iranian operative, would say, hey, I'd like to get some information on X. And they'd say, okay, well, the code to get access to my garage is going to cost you $100,000 or it's going to cost you a million dollars. And so they would leave them in the garage. The person would simply come by his house having transferred a million dollars through some money laundering scheme like giving him a book deal, putting it in crypto, passing it into Ukraine to do a humanitarian work so that it channels into a Swiss bank account. These are the series of laundering efforts that they do, and there's many, many more. That's just touching the tip of the iceberg. And they would get, a, they would get their neat little code, and they would be able to go into Biden's garage as a guest, as a visitor. 
look at the documents, take photographs of them, and then walk away, leave the documents there, and they would have the information. We were being sold out for the benefit of few, a benefit of a few. And the problem is we've gone so long in trusting people. These are institutions of men that are completely corrupted. As a public in a republic, it is important for people to understand that this is truly a blessed nation and a blessed structure we have in this nation. Because where we are right now is a country that has fallen, but it's a country that was intended to have God on the throne, not a fake king, a real king. And that's right in the Declaration of Independence. Second paragraph, first sentence. And with that, it was understood that governments would try to usurp God because it was given to us as a responsible responsibility and a duty to overthrow those despots. And those despots would be the ones that try to take God off the throne. Our founding fathers were very clear that from the beginning that UK, the, the lizard head kingdom, no offense to people in UK, just you all worshiped the queen and king way too long. You need to get rid of it. We tried. And, and if you read the Declaration of Independence, for those of you in England, which we love you, but you'll see that at the, in the second to last and last paragraph, there was a gallant effort to remind you that we had tried to get you to come to our side to realize that the government was evil, but you didn't. And here we are. So when we just listened to that piece just a moment ago by Neil Oliver, it's interesting to see how their tyrannical government has only continued with the same narrative. And yet we all could have been working together over 240 years ago with the same issue. We could have been dealing because we were dealing with the same government and corruption then as we are today. Our founding fathers didn't accept narratives. They were defiant. They understood that they had an accountability to God for truth. Our revolution was started in the pulpit, not in alternative news medias, not in organic uprisings of violence. They were started in the pulpit of bold pastors, placing God first and understanding that there was a line that we could not cross. And though we talk about this kind of in in platitudes, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that the Black Robe Regiment, which was named and so named by the British because they feared them, what were they? They were pastors who had left the pulpit to take off their black robe and to lead troops in war, to know that they needed a guiding hand of God, but they knew that there was such a thing as pure evil. And we don't need to romanticize the, the, the patriots of our time. They were coarse men, many of them. They went to church like we do now. And they were rough on the edges. They cussed. They swore. They had their issues with drinking and, and sex and everything else. But they were wholesome in the sense that they understood the mightiness of the Lord. They respected it. We are now in this place in our life where we respect a movement now has arisen in this country to once again have fear in, the God, in God, to put that mightiness and desire to have that mightiness back in our nation. And the question is just asked time and again is, what does that mean? What does that mean to each person? 
is it a cursory statement now that we're just going to say, okay, well, I posted some stuff on social media and I'm going to go back to my normal day? Or are we systematically trying to engineer a new direction in our life to break away from the system that is constantly trying to put shackles around our neck and around our wrists and around our ankles to hold us in place? Are we willing to make the hard sacrifices to make that happen? That is freedom and to reclaim sovereignty, which God gave us over this land. Are we willing to do that? And that's going to take a hard decision for many. And this is what the process has really been over the last three years, as we've talked about county by county here. And Bars Nation, to be very honest, is a, is a quiet, unannounced, unglorified movement of people. It's not out here waving the banner going, me, me, me. But it is, to a large extent, as a listening audience, it has turned into a transformational movement led by Father God with the interest and desire to literally sow seeds as its foundation. That sort of energy is what we need as a whole. And the only way that can happen is if we continue to lead in our communities and not just lead in our backyards. For some, that may mean taking office. For others, it's just getting out and reaching out to neighbors and doing things, including neighbors. But this is a very critical year in 2023 because this is a year of taking it back. This is a year of addressing the reality of where we're at, that they stole from us what was ours. And to put our hands up in prayer and say, God, take me away or God, fix it. That's not our game here. Now, I, this is me. You can disagree with me and that's fine. But I do not believe we, and I've said this so many times, I do not believe we are in revelation and I don't believe we're in the final days. I think they are trying to make us believe that. And I'll tell you why. One, they have the resources to do it, to make it appear that way. They have the weather warfare tools to make things seem crazy. They have the finances to rebuild temples. They have the networks and the ability to create the illusions and to script their, their work right out of Revelation. And why would they do that? Because they know a large percentage of one of the most righteous groups in the world ever to live in human history, the Christian movement will disarm themselves by simply saying, I'm waiting for Jesus to return. Because that's the message that has come from too many pulpits. And sadly, we're losing ground. We have such an ability right now to take this all back. We have such an ability to turn the tide on this so fast. But it takes an attitude of defiance and non-compliance. It takes the attitude that Christ had of loving thy neighbor and knowing when to flip tables and being bold enough to walk into the temple and challenge the Pharisees. And that's another reclaiming of a true narrative of Jesus, not the narrative of the hippie love and hug thing, which has been another really, that came, a lot of that has come out of the Christ consciousness movement which has infected our pulpits and infected the interpretation of Jesus. It's not in scripture. Sure, Jesus heals. And yes, he loves, but he's, 
he's not affected by the emotions of people. He's walking a path to complete the mission that Father put him here to do. And it's bold, it's courageous, it's unwavering in its commitment, even to the point of his death. So we, we have to reclaim that attitude. And it's not just for now. Because we're, we're moving in a trajectory right now where more and more people are awakening. And there's, there's no question that this cabal is on the ropes. They're being exposed. They can't move fast enough. They don't have the, the, the obedience of the people because their propaganda is falling apart. No question about that. The question is, where is that next step going to take us? Are we going to let this new rise of this worship of eco-nonsense take us over? The worship of the climate change gods and the, and the fake science? Because even if these cabal leaders fall, there's a whole cult of people out here that believe that the world is going to fall in five years. That if we don't start drinking vegetable milk and GMO-driven plants grown in vertical agriculture facilities and beef that's grown from follicles from your scalp. I'm not kidding. This is real. If we don't start doing that, then we're not going to succeed in saving the planet because in their eyes, in their world, humans are parasitic and don't deserve to live. See, they've, they've been taught a complete fallacy on the entire world to a degree that they believe it like a religion. And those false idols have to fall. It will take a big hand. And there's no question it will take a big hand of Father God to do it. But it's going to be done through us and with us. And our mission is so important right now. It's massive. The truth-telling part of this is huge. The doing, though, in our lives is equally huge. Inspiring people to get involved in gardening, in growing food, in running your own business, in working together to build alternatives to the Walmarts and the Costcos, to start talking about options if they start to force a digital currency and what we can do to work around it. It's going to be imperfect in the beginning. But if we're putting it to prayer and letting God guide us, it will grow. And it'll, it will be rough at times. Who cares? That's part of the great process of life, the great mystery that we're trying to discover. And we don't get there without having some struggles and trials in our life. Those are the greatness of life. If everything was easy, which is what they are offering in the world, they're offering convenience and easy and don't have to walk more than 15 minutes. You don't have to drive a car. You don't have to take a risk. You can just run down a street. Of course, we're sorry that you took the vax because you can't walk more than 15 minutes anyway because your heart's all screwed up. But don't worry, we'll solve that problem, I'm sure, with a 3D printed heart that'll cost you six months of your UBI. You won't be able to eat much, but that's okay. We might have to reduce your 300 square foot low carbon footprint free apartment box down to a 100 square foot box. But we'll give you one of our fake hearts. See, that, that's the whole world that they're putting people into. And we're saying no. And our no is a profound no. Because it's not just a no of, of noncompliance and defiance, which is at its core, but it's a no of kingdom righteousness. 
It's a no of absolutely not because we will not comply to anything that is not within God's blessing. And that's ultimately where we have to get in our headset to all the time. We have to constantly be in that place that we are going to not work with anything other than God's rules. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. See, there's something that's before us I don't think we've realized yet. And it starts with this. Peace begins with agreement with the Lord. Then we learn how to apply it. Once we come into agreement with the Lord, in the peace that we walk, something changes. The thing that strikes me is this. If you look across all the people that have stood against the injection, all the people that are now standing in alignment with God, just from what you know, and even if what you know exists only within Bard's Nation, and from my optic, I can tell you what I'm going to speak is absolutely 100% truth. The immense talent that exists within our ranks dwarfs what our founding fathers had to start a nation. And we're asking ourselves how we are going to break free from this cabal when we have everything already in us and with us. That's stunning to me. Our founding fathers had British soldiers occupying all around them. They had dependency on British trade. They had no, no monetary exchange system. In fact, there was a requirement in England from, from the UK that at the time that anything produced here in the colonies had to go back to England first and then come back because then they could tax it. There was limited industry here. And a lot of the know-how, even the patents, were controlled in England. With all those obstacles ahead of them, we saw innovation spark. We saw people desiring to break free and to do all their resources. One of the stories I've told many times, it's an important one to remember in the Revolutionary War, is that the war was not an effective part of the war was the fight, but the real victor of the war was led by a handful of women at the beginning who decided to boycott British tea. And that was a massive defiance because to run a boycott against Mother England was potentially a crime of treason. And they came up with herbal teas as alternatives to British tea, which was a big deal because that was a heavily consumed item and one people depended on. We're in a state right now when we have more talent in the ranks of the patriots than most countries have in their full industrial base. We have innovation. We have healthiness. That's a big one. We have the ability for food production. We have land, even though it's individually held. We have an education level that's there. The question is, do we have the heart? I think we do, but I think we keep getting infected with these viruses of their propaganda that are getting into our minds. 
because and we also fail to see the the illusion that's before us. We geographically place ourselves and we say, okay, well, I've got my little house here and my other, the only other patriot I know is down the street. And we imagine this distance between us and we say, we can't bridge that because we're not aligned next to each other. We have all these people in between. Well, welcome to our mission. We're bound by something greater than all of that. We're bound in our love in Jesus. And that bind doesn't see geographical barriers because it begins at a spiritual level. And when we all start to embrace that unity, we see it here in Bard's Nation all the time. I see it in discussions every day. I've used this one example so many times to ex- explain what I'm, what I'm talking about right now. All one has to do is to go to Bard's Family Room on Telegram and just scroll through the various conversations that are ongoing. We go from baking bread to discussions about health and vaccines to homeschooling to ideas on how to prep, how to build things, to political discussions that are hot, both about Democrats and Republicans, to talking about Nephilim, to talking about galactic empires, aliens, everything. It's all there. And here's what's amazing. Everyone gets along because what's at the center point of everything? Jesus. It's amazing. So I want to recognize somebody tonight. As we kind of close up, we know him. And if he's not in, he's not in chat. So if you see him, I want you to tell him this is in the show tonight because he's in our chat regularly. At least he's in Bart's family room. We know him as MAGA Q-Nut, which cracks me up because he's got the funniest screen name of them all. But what you may not know is a backstory. And I want to bring this in because it's appropriate because it talks about what we really are. He came to this channel. He's a young man. He's searching. And he came to this channel consumed with galactic empire and the federation of planets and all these other things. And our mods will testify to this, that at some points there was so much of his discussion in this chat that it was, it was starting to be very distracting. And I really was getting frustrated with the amount of emphasis that was being put on things that were not Christ centered. But to the credit of every one of our mods, They stood by Cole, that's his name, and they said, trust us. And I said, I will. That's not my domain. Well, if you've been following, we have a new podcast recently that was stood up. And it started a couple months ago because Cole made a testimony here on the chat. And he's talked about just what I said. And he said, as he went along, he found that he kept coming back to Bard's, Bard's FM. And he stayed, and he started to put his focus on Jesus. And just within the last couple of weeks, on the podcast, one of the new podcasts, he accepted Christ in his life. Patriots, this is sowing seeds. And all the people in Bard's Nation are part of this. 
And it's such an amazing testimony of a young man that has not had a relationship with Christ. And it's such a relationship, such a testimony to the power of what we're doing here. I'm proud of him. And he's in a family that doesn't share the same beliefs, and yet he's doing this. He's pursuing what's right, and he's pursuing what's right because there's a community around him that hasn't cast him out, but they've worked with him, accepted him, had engaged him in conversations respectfully. And I've seen these conversations. He has a very engaged mind. It's exciting to see him work. He looks at things. He's curious. He's asking questions. That's the type of Jesus follower we need. Not blind obedience. He asks questions because he's curious. He's asking. He's seeking truth. And through all that process, through all that process, he's found a greater truth, which is in Christ. This is one person of many. There's many testimonies that I receive. That one stands out just because of the range in which he traveled. He's young. He's inspired. And we can do that with many more. But it's going to take that fire and that commitment, that constant questioning of things, that pursuit of truth in the face of all odds. And we have to do that as a whole. Because this nation's going to demand it if we're going to save it. My opinion, I think Cole tastes that. I think he realizes that the future he has, as he's become aware with a very mature and very established group of people that have cared enough for him to be a second family, I think that what's happened here is he's been inspired, and that tells you how much power we have to change the world in one little glimpse. These are just important things, I think, to recognize as we go along. Because God's entrusted us to do some very powerful things. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's ultimately what we're talking about in all of this noise and confusion. That's what we're trying to accomplish, is to give the gift of everlasting life. Patriots, let's pray. Father, just a really blessed evening to reflect on what the real change and process is we're trying to achieve. We get wrapped up into politics and the sciences and the mysteries of the world, and there's many and they're infinite. And politics is a never-ending decline into the sewer of human existence. And yet these test beds, these trials that we're put under, this fire that we walk in at times, it's all about refining us. And the more that we've walked through this real trial, which is when we think about the, the existence of humankind and we realize how short a time in your time, Father, this moment is, how intense it has been, 
and it continues to be, and yet how much you have refined us through it. How can we not be so humble to tears to realize that of all the time that we could exist in human existence, we've had the opportunity to be here in this time and place in one of the most dramatic trials of human existence and that you trusted us to be here. I don't know that there's words for that, Father. I don't know that there's words to describe the gift that you've given us all here. My prayer, which anyone that wishes to join tonight, is this. May we truly embrace that gift that you have given us. An opportunity to walk through one of the most difficult and trying periods in human existence. And to have come out the other side, still in the fight, but stronger, bolder, mightier, and with a deeper appreciation and love for you than we ever could have imagined. How humbled that makes us. How blessed this speaks to the world and life that we have. And what a bold reminder of the importance of what we've gained to share with others to give them the glory of everlasting life. There was the gift to us through the sacrifice of your son. Thank you. And that falls far short of what needs to be said. But it's a thank you from the heart. And with tears of joy. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We truly are an amazing time. And for all the craziness, and there's a lot of it, we need to pick up the mantle of our responsibility. It's every day. It's every breath, because every breath is with Father. But to realize that everything counts. We can't waste time. And every action we speak and do in the world makes an impact. That we do have impact on people. Our community does have great impact on people's lives. Don't be hesitant to reach out into your neighborhood. Don't be put off by the fact that you're surrounded by crazy liberals. That's, that's a ripe opportunity to win hearts and minds for Jesus right there. Build community. Build awareness. And be prepared because as things begin to unwind, they're going to find that they're going to need wisdom. They're going to need those lights in the darkness. We've been hearing for, what, three years now? It's coming, the plan. It's going to unravel. Maybe it's five years now, I guess. Five years. And we get it. And to a certain degree, we forget. And we pass it off as more rhetoric. But take a look around and be honest. With food prices rising, We've got all sorts of financial problems happening. We're seeing a open and gross waste and abuse. People are getting fed up. There's some big miracles that have happened, and it's happened because faith is on the rise. We have yet to have a revolution of blood. We're the most well-armed nation in the world, and the world has sat there on pins and needles waiting for Americans to pick up their arms and overthrow this government. And the world is learning something. 
We don't need to. Because they're never coming to our homes without a cost. Because we do as God leads, as Peter and Jesus demonstrated to us in the garden. We carry our sword of steel, and we will draw it if necessary. But we lead with the sword of the Spirit. And in so doing, we will conquer what's before us and once again become that shining city on the hill for the world to see and to remember truly what it is to be a nation, one nation, under God. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Who I